Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Happy holidays and happy new year, everyone. Welcome to the final edition of the Pater Podcast for the year 2021. I'm Tom Hannafin. He is Matt McGloin. Penn State, barring any issues with COVID-19, will be playing in the Outback Bowl this Saturday, New Year's Day, against the Arkansas Razorbacks in Tampa, Florida, at Raymond James Stadium, taking place at noon Eastern. It has been a wild week for Penn State in regards to the roster who is returning for the 2022 season, who is transferring in to be a Nittany Lion, and also who has opted out to get ready for the NFL draft. We are going to address all of that. And, oh, by the way, Arkansas has had their share of those issues as well. So we're going to do our best to give you an idea of what this game is actually going to look like because, frankly, it's going to be pretty unpredictable. So we're going to dive into that here in just a second. Thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, and turning on notifications. With 2021 ending and a new year upon us, Bet Online has you covered more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of 2021. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. The Pater Podcast is presented by Bet Online where the game starts. And of course, Funk Brewing is the official craft beer partner of the Pater podcast. And Matt, I definitely had a few over Christmas. God knows we all <laughs> needed it with plenty of family in town. And it comes in handy on New Year's Eve. Yeah, they, look, they do a fantastic job. Uh, Funk Brewing Company, they're out of Emmaus and Elizabethtown. Just a wide variety of beers. You know, I mean, they have a beer called Fly. It's an IPA Um you know, it's fantastic. You know, uh, another beer I had recently was called Agave from their Hot Man series. Mm. Uh, that's an IPA. The Vanilla Citrus is a is like a milkshake IPA. It's very good. I always bring up, Tom, as you know, the Cozy IPA because it's not just one of my beers from Funk. It's one of my beers to have this time of year because it goes so well, um, you know, with the holiday season. Um, it's like a cold weather beer. Mm. You know, it, it's that good. Uh, they have uh, and obviously they have the little citrus. The Silent Disco, um, that's some of their more their more popular beers. So check them out, you know, Tom. And, and obviously, I live here in the north in Northeast PA in the Scranton area. And, you know, you walk in different distributors or, or, or grocery stores and you always see funk, funk beer on the shelf. So next time you're out somewhere, take a look, you know, because because chances are they, uh, you know, they have funk, they have funk beer there. So so give it a try. If there's one adjective to describe Matt McGloin, it's not moxie. 
It is cozy. That's the very important part of this, <laughs> this ad here. Uh, you can find Funk Brewing, to Matt's point, at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Trust me, their fresh, funky flavors will satisfy your craft beer-loving taste buds. For more information, visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Well, New Year's Eve is upcoming, so be ready to end the year with a bang. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. This New Year's Eve, don't drop the ball when the ball drops. Be ready with Blue Chew. If you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code PAYDIRT to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the PayDirt podcast. All right, Matt, if you're a fan of Penn State football, you don't maybe really recognize much of this team that's supposedly heading into the Outback Bowl this Saturday. I want to start, first of all, with the opt-outs, because that is by far what is making the headlines coming into this game. So we knew uh, a few weeks ago, and you and I have talked about it on previous episodes of this podcast, that the likes of Brandon Smith and Ellis Brooks, two of the starting linebackers for Penn State, had opted out to get ready for the NFL draft. Well, more names have come up, and they are big names. One of them, safety Jaquan Brisker, opted out. Then wide receiver Jahan Dotson opted out. And then something as recent within uh, a couple hours before we recorded this podcast, we're doing this on Tuesday, it airs Wednesday, defensive end Arnold Ebichetti, the number one pass rusher for Penn State, has opted out. Just in the totality of the talent that is not going to be playing in the Outback Bowl and is off to the league, what was your reaction? Not surprised. You know, you know what's sad, Tom, anymore in college football is that we're more shocked now when a kid that has had a fantastic year as a potential first, second, third round draft pick, we're more shocked when they come back to play in yes. a bowl game now than we are when they decide to opt out and they decide to leave. And look, you know, everyone's different. You know, some guys get to the end of the year and you're seven and five and you just check out mentally and it's like, all right, listen, I know I'm going to be, you know, a top pick, you know, um, it's just time. It's time for me to move on. A lot of guys don't want to stay and, you know, put forth, you know, another bowl practice or, or bowl game. And, and, you know, it's, I understand the risk of getting injured. You can get injured at any point in time playing football or doing conditioning, lifting, practicing, whatever it may be. But for a guy like Jihad Dotson, Tom, whether he went out and had eight catches for a buck 40 or two catches for 15 yards, I, I don't think that's really going to change where he ends up on draft boards or where he oh, potentially gets drafted. You know what I mean? All so of listen, those guys. Same so thing. listen, you know, again, congratulations to those guys. Um, you know, uh, I, I understand you're looking out for, 
know, the best is you should yourself. You're making a business decision, but you know me, Tom. Next man up, right? Thank you, everything you've done for this program. But if your mind's made up, even again, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, even if there's the slightest doubt, you know, as to where it's like, I don't know if I want to play. Do I want to play? Do I not want to play? You know, it's probably best if you move on. So again, congratulations. Those guys, you know, did did fantastic for the Penn State football program. And how about a guy like Arnold Epichetti, man? You know, can't say enough about the job he did in such a short time at Penn State, becoming one of not just one of the better defenders they have, but one of the better players um, on that team, maximizing his opportunity, you know, compare him to a guy like Kenneth Walker, right? Transfers programs, comes in, makes an immediate impact. Um, so, you know, obviously wish them, wish them best of luck in their future, but I'm excited, you know, to see who steps up and, and uh, you know, who leads this team right now and who's able to, to do everything they can to help Penn State try to get a win on January 1st. It's a few things that you understand about, you know, these guys getting ready for the NFL draft is that one, you know, it's not a game for the national title. So that does come into play. And we've seen that at a variety of different bowl games throughout this um, this college football bowl season is just guys last minute kind of deciding they're just going to wait it out for the NFL. What was discouraging about this is that the team is actively practicing in Tampa. They've been there for mm-hmm. the better part of this week. So for some of this news to come out this week, whether or not that uh, the coaching staff knew about it ahead of time or if it was literally just revealed, uh, we don't necessarily know the answers to some of that because a lot of this information is just so fresh. Um, you hope that's not the case. It seems like these most of these guys are really high-character guys and have cared about the team. Um, the other thing to consider, and I, I – talked about it in jest as we start off the podcast, but COVID has been really ruining a lot of this bowl season because you've seen whole teams that have not been able to compete. And then like Rutgers gets a phone call off the proverbial couch to jump into a bowl game. And like, I can't imagine being a player in that situation be like, wait, we got a game now. You know, like there's been so many complications from it. And I imagine Matt, you know, plenty of athletes who maybe had COVID and not necessarily recovered quickly from it. That is a factor that these guys with NFL hopes have to consider yeah i think they just canceled ucla nc state just just a few moments before we actually started to record this podcast um you know that bowl game tom but and you mentioned Rutgers, like it, it for, for a team like Rutgers, and you know comparing it to guys like opting out like Rutgers hasn't done anything since they lost to maryland mm-hmm. on november 27th and all of a sudden it's like all right let's go play and out of nowhere, you got to be able to change gears fast. You got to be able to flick that switch and say, all right, it's go time here now. Like they had trouble finding a plane. Like since then, right, obviously they've been able to to lock down, um, you know, transportation uh, down to the Gator Bowl, man. But it's just, it's crazy, man. But again, I give Greg Schiano and, and that, that Rutgers team a ton of credit for wanting to play in that game because those captains, those seniors, those guys could have easily said, listen, Listen, we're checked out. We don't want to play, man. So hats off to them for getting this opportunity. Obviously, it's arguably the best bowl game Rutgers has ever played in. So mm-hmm. that's big for them. It's big for recruiting. Um, no doubt they're going to be it down there ready to compete. Greg Schiano always does a great job in getting his team ready to play. Um, but, you know, I'm, I, I mentioned comparing that to guys that like opt out, Tom, because it's all mental. Either want to do it or you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. That, that's all it is. And, and like you said, Penn State's down there practicing in Tampa right now. You know, I was never, you know, ne- never in that position to make a decision whether, you know, you have to opt out or not or you want to continue playing. Um, but it's about being there, man. You know, you, you have to you have to be 100 percent committed to playing football and playing in the game. Otherwise, it, you, know, you risk losing. 
Um, you risk not being able to do your job. You risk getting hurt, mm-hmm. even if you're not just going out there and and being fully committed to playing. Um, Tom. So, but again, you know, going back to what you're saying too. Hopefully, you know, we can get to January first with with the way COVID is right now. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, you just hope these guys do stay healthy so that they can, you know, have a great career and get ready for the draft accordingly. Take part in combines, all that. There's plenty of NFL players who've talked about having COVID. I think Cam Newton jumps to mind as a guy who's like took him a while to get right um and that's you know his own information whether or not he actually feels like himself anymore but uh i digress so this is uh, a big change especially on the defensive side of the ball and we're going to get to that more specifically in regards to the outback bowl of how this is going to affect penn state and who they actually put on the field now um in terms of these opt-outs uh for the outback bowl so those are the players who are departing for the nfl i do want to address um some returns and a new face to the program because you talk about it, it is so surprising when a guy's like, oh, this guy's coming back. Um, we knew about Jair Brown, um, which is, I think, a great decision for him mm-hmm. because now he can be the safety. Um, not that he was playing second fiddle really to Jaquan Brisker, but Brisker is probably going to have a very successful career in the National Football League. Um, it was also announced recently that Joey Porter Jr. is coming back to school for another season. And frankly, considering the issues that he's had at the point of contact, in, in, in a lot of games, penalties, et cetera. This seems like a really smart decision by Joey. What did you think of it? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it really is. And you know, you mentioned Brown returning as well, which is huge because, look, you're losing three Castro Fields and Brisker, right? Two fantastic players for this Penn State defense and that Penn State secondary. Obviously, Joey Porter Jr. coming back. Like, for me, that's not – I wasn't shocked because he – not. I mean, obviously, he's very gifted physically, but he's nowhere near ready – Oh, to leave Penn State, he's nowhere near mature enough as a player. To Somebody move would take on. a flyer on him, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, right. He, no, still, there's still a ton of room for him to grow and become one of the better defensive players in the Big Ten, one of the better defensive players in the country. Um, you, you mentioned Jonathan Southern, like to have a guy who has the experience he has, a, a captain on the special teams to have him back right there. You've already got three pieces to your secondary of guys that have played, have quality experience. You can basically be able to be able to pick up right where you left off in 2022 and Brown, uh, the way he played this year, you know, I I fully expect him. I'm not saying he's going to be brisker next year, but he's got every chance and, and all the talent to be close to where brisker was this year. Let's just, let's just say that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's huge. It's huge for this team. And it's huge for many Diaz. Yes. Oh, absolutely. He's going to inherit a really nice secondary next year because you've got Brown. Theoretically, let's say Pencil and Sutherland is the other mm-hmm. safety. And, and a guy that Penn State has liked to use in a lot of different positions, Jonathan Sutherland. So I think there's a lot of value there. Joey Porter Jr. feels great as your number one cornerback. By the way, uh, Daquan Hardy is still in the building and is still one yes. of the best slot yes. corners in America. Now, you do have questions maybe about the second uh, cornerback position, but the bright spot is that you have some very talented underclassmen that are doing some really good things, or at least we're getting some quality reps late in this season. Uh, guys like King that you're like, all right, great. Mm-hmm. We can see a little bit more of him, a freak athlete. So it's like this, there's a lot of upside there. And and again, we're going to touch on how this is going to affect the Outback Bowl. So nice to see those guys coming back. One name that uh, is newly arriving to the program is a transfer. Western Kentucky wide receiver Mitchell Tinsley. Um, To those who may have no idea what Mitchell Tinsley is all about, um, I had a chance to watch him uh, in the game between Western Kentucky and 
uh, University of Texas, San Antonio, UTSA. I believe it was for the Conference USA Championship game. Um, the quarterback for Western Kentucky, uh, Zap, is the one who just set all the passing records mm-hmm. and broke Joey Burrow's uh, record for passing touchdowns in a season. And Mitchell Tinsley was the primary beneficiary. When you turn on the tape, Matt, and you see Tinsley play, who would you maybe compare him to from a physical skills standpoint? Um, you know, look, to be honest with you, Tom, I haven't watched a ton of them. Um, okay. Haven't, yeah, <laughs> haven't, haven't, I, I, saw, I saw the news and that was that. Um, look, you know, look, for me, um, obviously it's a step up in competition, right? You know what I mean? And, you know, it's, again, it's going to be interesting to see what he does moving forward, how much of an impact that, you know, he'll have. I mean, obviously there's been guys that have, you know, tried to do this in, in years past and some been successful, some haven't been, you know, and a guy that, that was successful, we were just talking about Noro Um, you know, so look, I, I mean, obviously Penn State sees something into, uh, in him to, to bring him in. So, um, and, and to have a, have an offensive mind like Mike Yersich now as your coach, there's no way there, there's no doubt that you're, you'll find a great way to, uh, to use him. But you know, t- talk to me. What are some of the things you saw? Yeah, when I, when I saw him play, um, definitely great speed for the college level, whether that's going to translate going from nothing against Western Kentucky, but going from there to the Big Ten. Very curious to see how he stacks up. Very sure-handed, long mm-hmm. arms. Uh, in terms of physical, um, you know, a physical comp, I would say I think of wide receiver Keenan Allen from San Diego, or San Diego okay. from the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, just in terms of his build, he's got the long arms. He's got a little bit of height, but not a ton. And that's frankly not something uh, that James Franklin and company have really pursued at wide receiver. We've talked about how Malik Mega is the biggest wide receiver in the building. Mm-hmm. There's no Calvin Johnson that they're trying to recruit at the moment. That's just not been Penn State's game. So I think it fits in really nicely because you've got Parker Washington, who everybody believes is going to become the number one guy. Keandre Lambert-Smith will need to take on a bigger role. However, Lambert-Smith is going to have competition now with Tinsley. So I'm very curious to see who comes out there. And then the aforementioned Malik Mega may be coming in as the number three or number four wide receiver. Now you just feel comfortable about the depth overall with Jahan exactly. Dotson departing. Exactly, so, yeah. There's a lot of positives to this, so I'm excited to see what he does uh, when Tinsley gets into uh, to fall or spring ball and fall ball. That'll be really exciting. So, um, so those are some of the headlines in regards to the roster for Penn State, um, and we're going to dive into what the Outback Bowl matchup is actually going to look like now, because obviously <laughs> so much has changed. But before we get to that. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest-quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. All of us involved in the Pater podcast are proud supporters of THON, also known as the Penn State Dance Marathon. THON is a year-long effort dedicated to raising funds and awareness for its sole beneficiary, Four Diamonds at Penn State Health Children's Hospital. 
Thon is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world committed to enhancing the lives of children and families impacted by childhood cancer. Four Diamonds picks up where insurance leaves off to relieve financial stress and provide emotional support so that no family ever has to see a medical bill. Since 1973, Thon has raised over $190 million in the fight against childhood cancer. To learn more about Thon or to donate, visit Thon.org. That's T-H-O-N dot O-R-G. It's all for the kids. Make a difference in the life of a child today. And on another personal note, we want to take this opportunity to put a spotlight on mental health with a new initiative called Tag Me In. Tag Me In is simply asking for people to tag in on the conversation and help strip away the stigma around mental health. Whether you're looking to lend support, you want to talk, you want to share, maybe you need some help. We invite you to join in on the conversation. We encourage you to make a video if you'd like, post it on your social media channels, and use hashtag TagMeIn and hashtag TagMeInUnited. At the very least, we want to hear from you. You are not alone. Tag me in. Visit TagMeInUnited.com to learn more. So, Matt, you've played in a bowl game. You understand this changing <laughs> atmosphere in terms of you might be prepping for one thing one week and then a guy's injured or a guy is no longer on the team or he goes to the NFL. That's not uh, been an uncommon theme over the years. How difficult is it to really prep for these games? It, it feels like it really catches up to you fast, like the, like the, the game day. You know what I'm saying? It's amazing um, considering the gap between the end of the regular season and when yeah. the game actually happens. Yeah, it really is because like obviously you watch a ton, ton of film, things like that, but you get out there and you try to you go against the you know the scout the scout you know defense or the scout offense you know depending on you play offense or defense whatever position you play and you try to get the right looks things like that um you know but you really kind of i mean you really don't get going tom until the ball is snapped you, you know what i'm saying and i know that sounds ridiculous but it really is it's just a different well, feeling I, right I it's, it's a you different shake feeling. off the cobwebs to a degree a little bit like, oh a little football, bit yeah you know? <laughs> a, a little bit yeah right it's a different environment being down at a bowl practice obviously playing in a stadium that you're not used to playing in you know, right it's not a big 10 stadium um it's a little different right um so it takes you kind of a second just to settle down and and be able to play obviously i struggled in the outback bowl you know, that was, we've talked about that. We've we don't talked, talk about yeah. that here. We don't yeah. talk about that on this podcast. We've already, we've already talked about it. So let's move on. <laughs> oh, good. Um, but, uh, but it's different, man. You know, it's, it's a different mental approach. I mean, understanding now you're playing somebody from the SEC, which is, you know, different style of football. Um, but that's what makes it great. That's what makes it for a great matchup. You know, that's what separates average teams from good teams, good teams and great teams or which teams can make the adjustments. Um, you know uh, which players can see the things you know on film um you know and which coaches can teach it and which coaches can prep you and and put together a great game plan um you know for for you to go out there and have have all the success that that you'll need to uh, to win a football game so i mean I, look i think it's awesome you know um you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable um you know that's that's one of the great things about playing football and that's one of the great things about bowl season in college football Unpredictability is the name of the game with this one. However, at least on the offensive side of the ball, we talked about the opt-outs um, outside of Jahan Dotson, and that is a mm -hmm. major blow to this offense. For the most part, the offense will be intact as we go into the outback bowl. Um, losing Dotson, that can't be underscored enough. Um, yeah. But at the same time, when you look at what Penn State can do matching up against this Arkansas defense, what do you like? What do you dislike? 
Yeah. So I'm just going to go here, Tom. Ready? Okay. Tight ends. <laughs> tight ends need to have 10 to 12 catches in this game. They become so important now with Jihad Dotson not playing in this football game. Parker Washington now becomes your featured wide receivers from the slot. You mentioned earlier in the podcast, key injury, Lambert Smith needs to take the next step. It starts on January 1st. What do we have moving forward with you at the wide receiver? Are you going to be just a possession guy? Or can you eventually take over a game the way Jihad Dotson did, right? We need that from, if I'm James Franklin, we need that from Keandre Lambert-Smith starting January 1st so that we know throughout the entire offseason in, in 2022, you could potentially be the guy moving forward. You know, obviously, Jihad Dotson's production week in and week out was incredible, Tom. But what was so special about him is that everyone in the stadium knew at any point in time throughout the course of the game this dude can score from anywhere on the field. Mm-hmm. That is what made him so special, right? And like Parker again, Parker Washington is good, but right now he's not Dotson. So if your de- if your Arkansas defensive coordinator Barry Odom, I think your de- I think your defensive game plan can completely change now. I think you put more pressure on Sean Clifford. I think I I load the box more on early downs to try to come not and not Penn State's run game obviously is one of the worst in the nation. But I think you take completely take away that now and try to force Penn State into obvious passing situations where you can sit, play more coverage, keep everything in front of you, rally to the football, force punts, force field goals. Um, talking about Sean Clifford, he needs to play a top three football game this year in this game versus Arkansas. I'm talking above 65% uh, completion percentage, multiple touchdowns, big third down throws. He needs to lead. Show us why we need to be excited for you to return for a sixth year. Right? We talked about how smart of a move it is, right? No doubt. It's the smartest move possible for him and his career. But help everyone understand that it's an easy decision for us. You know what I mean? One, you know, by playing well, Tom, in this game and winning and leading and dominating, one, you're not second guessing yourself, right? Because that could be a scary thing, right? Uh, I didn't play well. Should I be returning for another year? Should I not? You go out there and dominate. You know, your decision to come back obviously becomes all right. I made the right decision. And two, players, coaches, fans, make them excited about it. Right. Make them excited that you're coming back for another year. Like, yeah, we got this guy. When this guy's healthy, there's no one better than this guy in the Big Ten. And also, Tom, you'll love this one. I think it sends a message to these other quarterbacks that Penn State is going to have. Mm -hmm. Listen, hey, man, great. We love having you here. Thanks for coming to Penn State. I look forward to working with you. I look forward to competing with you. But we both know that this is my job. Right. I think that is going to be so look, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he plays. I think having a few weeks off to be able to rest mentally and physically is huge for him. And lastly, Tom is, you know, something that we've talked about just because we've had to talk about it all year is, is the rushing attack of Penn State. And honestly, I don't expect them to do anything different than what we saw over the course of 12 games this year. I mean, fortunately for this offensive line, Arkansas, you know, has struggled um, sacking the quarterback this year. Right, well, I think they luckily, were 12th in the SEC. So their their sack leader Trey Williams has opted out as yeah. well. So that yeah. is a big positive. So look, there are some positives for Penn State in this offense, but I mean, I think it's going to rely heavily on 
on, on Sean Clifford um, to uh, to lead Penn State on January 1st. This is an Arkansas defense that's got some talent uh, mm-hmm. on the back end. Um, safety Jalen Catalan uh, was first team all SEC. Um, he is returning for another season, so you can sense his commitment and also uh, potential uh, ability. Uh, obviously, a lot of people have been eyeing him for the National Football League. And their linebackers are really good. This is a really nice crew of linebackers. Bumper Pool, one of the greatest names I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> 120 tackles this season. He's been excellent. And then Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry um, have also been really, really solid. So there's there's going to be some tough sledding. But I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there in terms of if Clifford can maintain a clean pocket most of the day, if the offensive line can give that to him, because to your point, not necessarily an Arkansas team that gets after the passer. There could be opportunities to eat up yardage underneath coverage. There could be opportunities to, if the running game actually rears its ugly head, then maybe you can at least get past the line of attack and get into the second level and see if a guy like Kevon Lee can win those battles. So there, there's going to be those opportunities and the wide receivers have big opportunities to step up. I talked about Malik Mega. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw the guy go deep again like we did late in the season. Um, but I love what you said about the tight ends. I think yeah. it's the untapped arsenal of weapons for this Penn State team. And people hear me say untapped. Is that like, oh, it's like we saw them a lot this year. Yes, we did see them a lot. They can do so much more than what they did this season. Mm-hmm. So I think we're just scratching the surface there. Um, let's flip sides. The Arkansas offense is going to present some problems for this Penn State defense. And we talked about the myriad of opt-outs, and I'm going to get to that in a second. But let's start with what the Razorbacks do offensively. Uh, Quarterback K.J. Jefferson is your traditional dual-threat quarterback. His passing numbers are actually eerily close Mm -hmm. to what Sean Clifford did this year, except he is uh, as frequent a rusher as some of their other tailbacks. In fact, including Jefferson, they have four ball carriers who've rushed for 498 yards or more. So they're diverse there. How does Penn State stop that? Yeah, I mean, you're you're right, right? Traylon Smith, Raheem Sanders, right? Dominique Johnson. I mean, this is a run football team. And KJ Jefferson's going to be one of the better quarterbacks that they've played this year. Um, You know, so uh, that's going to be a fantastic matchup. I'll start with this real quick, Tom. It'll be interesting to see how Anthony Poindexter does. Hmm. Right. Taking over as defensive coordinator, leading this defense. And I don't think what like one of the things I'm not a fan of is like uh, I get you hired a defensive coordinator for 2022. But I I mean, I'm seeing like a ton of articles about like, you know, about Manny Diaz and pictures of Manny Diaz at practice and stuff like that. But for me, like it's like I were great. Like Manny, we get it. You're a great coach. You're going to be the defensive coordinator. But just kind of stay out of the way for a second, right? There's still a game left to be played, right? I mean, it's, this is very, like, this is important. I get everybody's prepping for the future. So I I think we're going to get a really good look at, you know, how Anthony Poindexter handles that situation. Um, You know, uh, it'll be interesting to see what his title is after this game as well, Tom. Right. Is well, it the secondary coach? Does he go yeah. back to co-defensive coordinator? I think and that's that's why I brought up Manny Diaz right now being there, being at practice, stuff like that. Anthony Point extra taking over as defensive coordinator. Um, you know, so but it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how this defense responds to him being the guy. I'm I'm curious. I, I agree with you about Poindexter. I I wonder almost if the flirtation with the University of Virginia to be their head coach, um, maybe got him 
kind of riled up a little bit because obviously that did not go the way that he was anticipating. It seemed like a sure thing there for a moment, and then uh, it wasn't. He returns to Penn State. Um, this seems like a game, and you tell me, where a coach is like, I'm going to put on tape that I can be the guy. Exactly. Whether it's as defensive coordinator outright or that, no, there's some head coaching chops here that uh, maybe the University of Virginia overlooked. Uh, so I'm, I'm very curious to see what he brings in that respect. Uh, and now he's got a lot of challenges in that no Arnold Ebiketti. No Ellis Brooks, no Brandon Smith, no Jaquan Brisker. Uh, it's it's going to be tough sledding. So uh, right, I we're going to see. Yeah. And then go ahead. No, going back, going back to the you know the question you asked me, what could this what could this defense do? I think look, uh, it's obvious this Arkansas rushing attack versus this front seven of Penn State. Um, you know, um, Kaziah and um, I'm drawing a blank. Help me out, Izzard. Tarburton, Vilbert, yeah. we're going to see a lot of Ellie's as well. Ellie's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because I and, and Ellie's, right, obviously have gotten significantly better since PJ Mustafer was out with an injury. Those guys are going to be huge in this game on January 1st and 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 just taking blockers and really blocking up, um, you know, the front of that line and make it difficult on these Arkansas, uh, you know, running backs. Um, you know, it, it's Luketa goes back. Right to linebacker, you're going to see, I'm assuming, a lot of Jonathan Sutherland down in the box to try to create those seven-man box looks to, to help and run support. You're going to have some young guys um, that don't have a ton of experience right, rotating in and out um, at that linebacker position as well. But it's all about what Penn State is able to do. Could that front seven make plays to prevent these running backs from getting to the secondary because you get to the secondary, it's it's too late and Arkansas is going to be able to take this game over. So, you know, again, big important game, you know, for that group up front. I wouldn't be shocked. And also, you talk about Sutherland in the box. This is a Penn State defense that base alignment is usually in a four-two-five. Now that's yeah. with your full complement of guys. So now you're thinking about, well, maybe if Sutherland's somebody that they draw down mm -hmm. into the box, are they just running a base four-three for much of the day? Do they feel comfortable with a base four-two-five? As we talked about, the lack of depth all of a sudden at linebacker. Are they going to give other guys opportunities there? Do they feel good about what they have in terms of defensive back? Because remember, you're now going to have Sutherland, Brown, Porter Jr., Hardy, and Tariq Castro feels yeah. for one more game. So that's not a bad secondary it's by any great, means. So great, yeah. the, the good thing for Penn State is that you don't need to be terribly worried about this passing attack from Arkansas. Um, as we mentioned, wide receiver Traylon Burks opted out as well. We talked about that a couple weeks ago on the podcast. He had 66 receptions uh, on the season. The next leading receiver is 21. So it was pretty much a one-man show for K.J. Jefferson when he looked up to throw the ball. So do you expect Penn State to just kind of sell out and be like, hey, we're going to stop the run, and that's going to be the end of it. If you beat us with the pass, knock they, yourself out. They certainly need to be aggressive, especially on early downs, especially on rundowns and stopping the run and making it a point to stop the run. I mean, for, for how good as K.J. Jefferson isn't running the, isn't running the football, he can throw it too. But I think if you're Penn State and if you're going to lose this game, he has to beat you with his arm, right? Which he's very – he's thrown 21 touchdown passes. He has three picks, right? Mm -hmm. He's very efficient. He doesn't turn the football over. He understands what he's doing. He's completing over 66% you know, of his passes. So this is a good, solid quarterback um, you know, who's won a lot of games this year, right? But I think if you're, if you're Penn State and you're going to get beat, he's got to beat you with his right arm. Mm -hmm. And the uh, thing that – constantly consider is that this team only lost to Alabama by a touchdown right 
that there was a high water mark for uh, for uh, for Arkansas, just like there was for Penn State this season. These are two teams that had great potential, and it just kind of veered for one reason or another in the season. And granted, Arkansas, the middle of their schedule, the meat of their schedule, was just absolutely brutal with Georgia, Ole Miss, and Auburn. So they are. They're hungry. They have something to prove. Sam Pittman has a really good program down there that's starting to develop. Um, my last question to you is: It's a bowl game. It's going to be New Year's Day. It's going to be uh, you know a lot of eyes on it. And when these bowl games come up, you tend to see a lot of decisions in terms of game management that are often a little risky, a little bit out of the ordinary because it's kind of like last game of the year. Can't hold anything back now. <laughs> Does that worry you? With James Franklin. Of course it does. I, I fully expect them to go for it on fourth down and, you know, make decisions that you probably shouldn't make throughout the course of the game or, you know, make decisions that you shouldn't probably be making in those situations. Um, but look, that's just sometimes it works. A lot of times this year it hasn't, Tom, right? I think, and again, this is another thing that we've talked about and, you know, there's been a few of these issues that we've had no choice but to talk about in every podcast that we've done and situational football and fourth down decisions made by the head coach, whether to go for it or punt or kick a field goal or not, have been one of them. Um, you got to have a feel for the game. Right. I mean, that. I mean, it's that 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 is what I think arguably the best thing that you can have. That leads to the decisions that you make throughout the course of the game. How are we playing? How is this team playing? Are they throwing it well? Are they running it well? Um, you know, um, where are we on the field? What's the score? How much time's left? How many timeouts do we have? Where are we? In, you know, close to halftime here. There's so many factors that go into it. You have to have a good feel for it. Um, but and with this game, Tom, you know, Arkansas's ability to run the football, you have to think that they're going to chew up a lot of the clock. So you have to make the most of your offensive drives, right? In those situations, right? Getting first downs. If you have three points in the bank, take the three points, right? I think points are going to be huge for for Penn State's offense um, on January 1st. It will be unpredictable. I do not know if you're in Vegas how you make a line for this because with you give me your of- prediction. Give me your prediction. Mm. I'm. <sighs> I I do feel like Arkansas might run the ball all the way to a win. I don't know if it would be a huge margin of victory, but it could be really, really slim. That's just my gut. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, obviously, that's that's that that is the matchup for me. Is Arkansas's rushing attack versus this front seven of Penn State, and can can they figure out a way to like they don't not to stop them, but just kind of limit them Mm -hmm. in what they're doing? Right? I mean. Forcing them into second and long, forcing them into third and long, forcing them to punt the football. Um, you know, it's just having those guys out, right? Brooks and Smith. There's no doubt Penn City's done a great job of getting guys a lot of reps throughout the year. Um, but I mean, man, that's that's 181 tackles, right? That <laughs> you can't, you just can't replace that. Um, it's hard to do. No doubt a guy like Luketa, who I feel like you could put him anywhere on anywhere on the field. Um, and, uh, he'd be successful. Um, but I mean, it's, it, it's just, it's a lot to ask him. Um, it, it's a lot, of, a lot to ask these younger guys who, who haven't, again, haven't played a ton of meaningful football to go in there and be able to stop one of the better rushing teams in the sec. Um, 
So I, I think it's definitely an uphill battle for Penn State. Um, you know, um, but I mean, I think Arkansas has the edge right now. We'll find out what happens. Uh, hopefully this is a good omen for Penn State football in 2022 because that's kind of how these bowl games work is that hopefully this is a victory for Penn State and it means that this big contract extension for James Franklin, this big recruiting class that just came in, is all heading in the right direction. Uh, there's a lot of positivity that can come from a win, so we'll see how this develops. And we will get into the aftermath of this game. Fingers crossed, by the way, Matt, that the game actually happens because yeah. who knows with the way that bowl games are getting canceled, teams are dropping out, players are dropping out. Um, I believe it will. It's the state of Florida. They, they'll do just about anything to have a game. <laughs> so uh, thank you for joining us this week on Pater. We'll see you next week and break down the entirety of the Outback Bowl and what the offseason is going to look like for Penn State football. We'll see you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.